if you can open your Bibles to Proverbs 24. So Proverbs uh, 24 verse 16. Proverbs 24 verse 16. So this is just the memory verse I want to provide us today for this message. Proverbs 24 verse 16. Okay, and it says, For a just man falleth seven times and rises up again, but the wicked shall fall into mischief. Now, due to memory verse, I believe you have to repeat something to memorize it. So, that first part, can everyone repeat after me? For a just man falleth seven times and rises up again. Okay, until there, let's pray. Our Father in heaven, thank you so much for providing your word. We have nothing if it's not given to us by your Holy Spirit. And we ask for that revelation now, this morning, in my heart, in everyone's heart. Father, for your glory, for your namesake, in Jesus' name, amen. Okay. I want to talk about the just will fall. They will fall seven times, but they will rise up. It says in, if you want to read with me in, in Matthew 18, just going to read quickly. Matthew 18, verse 21, Peter says something very unique. It says, in verse 21, Then came Peter to him, being Jesus, and saith, Lord, how oft shall my brother sin against me? So the sin is not against God. You're not sinning against God. Someone is sinning against you. And sometimes when family comes to us, we didn't do anything wrong, but just because it's family, they're giving us a hard time, and we fall. And we fall, and we fall again. And the answer of Jesus is quite unique. It says, and I forgive him till seven times. Peter is stating that, listen, I forgave this man again and again and again. Not just the wording seven times, literally, even figuratively. Seven times, many times, multiple times. How much must I forgive my brother? And Jesus saith unto him, verse 22, I say not unto thee until seven times, but until seventy times seventy. Okay, great. Let's do the math 490 times. No, we're not talking about literal 70 times 7. You forgive as much as God forgives you. You forgive and you love as much. You be as gracious as much as God is gracious unto you. That is much more than 490 times in your own life, in your own conviction. Now, Lacquer, it's not always holy. Why? You have two different natures within you. One of God and one of condemnation. It's not, you hear my wording. One inside of God, one outside of God. What is outside of God? It's condemnation. Straightforward. John 3, verse 16, 17, and 18. We all, we that do not believe are already in condemnation. That's very harsh. But when I'm talking about this message, I'm actually addressing Christians, believers, 
and I'm asking for discretion. Try to divide within yourself. When I'm looking or experiencing or just having a good time or something is just lacquer, ask yourself always the question, from what spirit is it coming from? God's spirit within you or from your old and own pandemic nature that is bound to this flesh? But if you are born again, you are cut asunder, split in two. You are not bind to the condemnation anymore. Why? Romans 6, verse 2 and 3. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. I believe it has a dual purpose. For the wages of sin is death. The payment of sin is death. From Adam, there was death spiritually between his relationship with God. And that is why we need a mediator. Because there is death due to our sin. And then when we die, and we will die, for all die and receive judgment, it says in Hebrews, we will take away from the sin and we will be given eternity. And I hope you are born again to receive eternal life and not the second death, but eternal death. When I'm talking to Christians, I'm clearly asking, split your nature. Understand what is in you. So let's look at James. So if you can turn your Bibles to the book of James, turn to me to James the book, chapter 1. I'm going to read in a sense backwards. So James chapter 1 verse 8. It says in verse 8, A double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. If I'm just reading that verse without having no context, I'm thinking of a man that needs to be in a psychiatric uh, ward, something that is chemically unstable or the world and all the various reasons for double-minded man. But let's go one verse up. It says, verse 7, For let not man think that he shall receive anything of the Lord. God doesn't owe you nothing. Nothing. The, the clay cannot tell the potter how it should be shaped. God, He is the potter. And He molds us. And He can break us. He can do whatever He wants with us. And it's very important that thinking back on our verse in the beginning, Proverbs 24, verse 16, the just shall fall how many times? Seven times. Sometimes we fall due to this. For man think that he shall receive of the Lord. The gift of God is Jesus Christ. That is sufficient. His grace is sufficient for you. Verse 6, 1 up. It says, but let him ask in faith. Not just ask, thinking that he will receive. But believing. Believing that I understand this relationship with my Lord. I understand his character. I understand that when I ask, I ask in grace. When I ask, I ask in humbleness. 
I ask in faith, not that I will receive, but I ask that God is a good God. He's a good Father. It says, but let him ask in faith, nothing wavering. For he that wavereth is like a wave of the sea, driven with a wind and tossed. Why do we ask then with this confidence? Because we know our God. We know His character. We don't stare God blunt in the face and say, God, you will give me money. Where do you get your confidence? Because the Holy Spirit could not propel you for prosperity of this world. Your kingdom is spiritual. It's not this fleshly kingdom. So truly think on God, not just within yourself. And if you lack wisdom, verse 5, one up. If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God, that giveth to all men liberally, and a bread of not, and it shall be given him. God is a merciful, bountiful God, gracious to give. But we struggle to ask in faith. We struggle to ask without pride. And then we struggle because we have this double-mindedness. And that's, that's heartbreaking. We are like actual children. I'll get to that verse later on. In the same book, go to chapter 4, verse 5. So James 4, verse 5. It says, Do you think that the Scripture saith in vain the spirit that dwelleth in us lusteth to envy? That verse given saying that there's a spirit within ourselves that is not from God, it's condemning. Verse 5, it just wants to lust and sin. Don't yield to it. Don't obey to it. It says in verse 6, but he giveth more grace. What does that mean? There is more grace measured within you than the lust within you. There is more grace within you by God's Spirit than your own flesh condemning you, telling you you are a sin. There is more grace within you than sin. So weird to say that, but it's so true. God is bigger than you. He's bigger than your problem. He's bigger than your issues. He's bigger than you. Trust Him. Trust Him in faith. Don't understand Him. I'm not asking for that. I'm not asking for logic. I'm asking for faith. Trust this God that says He is within you. He that is in you is greater than He is in the world. John 4 is 4. Verse 6, it says, But He giveth more grace. Wherefore He saith, God resisteth the proud, but giveth grace unto the... Sorry, let me just repeat that last piece. God resisteth the proud, but giveth grace unto the rich. The, uh, uh, I'm just making sure. You also have the word humble. Just be humble. Bow down to the word of God, to the grace of God, the spirit of God. Let him work within you. Verse 7. Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. That's it's as simple as that. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Verse 8. Draw nigh to God, and He will draw nigh to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. God is speaking to Christians, but He's asking in a very gentleman way. 
my grace is now. Clean yourself. Do not tempt me. Do not test me. I am gracious. But God is also a God full of wrath. How do we know that? He sent His only Son to die. And if you do not accept that Son, or even if you accept it, but you live like a person that has not accepted Christ, you are mocking God. I am mocking God. Then. You are double-minded. We're still in the book of James. And we're talking about lacquer and coding. So, things clearly spoken of that is not holy. James chapter 3, verse 2. Is it possible to be perfect? Well, let's see. Verse 2. For in many things we offend all. Point. Not a comma. We offend. People will offend people. But it says, if any man offend not in word, the same is a perfect man and able to bridle the whole body. If you can, with your tongue, if you can manage your words, there is so much glory you will give to God. Why? Well, let's see what it says in verse 6. And the tongue is, present things, not was, is a fire, a world of iniquity. So is the tongue among our members that it defileth the whole body and it set on fire the course of nature and it set on fire of hell. You can't, you can't explain that more serious against God than with that statement. And just on a side note, if you ever wondered if there's fire in hell, there's a verse. It's serious. Okay, it's really serious. But do we use our words? With that fear. Are we fearing God enough to look after our words? I'm even talking to myself. Are we thinking and meditating upon God just in the way we speak? So yes, to be holy, it's, it's not always lacking. It's not. Not according to the flesh. So if you can turn your books the Bible to Ephesians 4, and um, I'm going to explain this a little bit, and I'll, I'll end with John. So Ephesians 4, verse 13, I want to identify again these two natures. It's not something that was only mentioned in James or a little bit in Hebrews. It's mentioned right through the Bible. Even though you are in Christ, there is still a pandemic nature within you. It says in verse 13, Ephesians 4, verse 13, till we all come in the unity of faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man, and here's the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Your perfectness, the, the mold of perfectness is Christ. Not Christ beyond you, Christ within you. That we henceforth be no more children, Thinking about the double-mindedness. They are tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the slight of men and cunning craftiness whereby they lie in wait to deceive. How do you identify a child? By his age? No. By his faith. 
Okay, let me say that in a different way. You can have a 70-year-old man that has had so much experience, traveled seven to eight continents, had four businesses, six children. Wow, that's a man. If he does not believe in a sound doctrine, then he's tossed from here to there. He's a child, according to Scripture. You are measured by Christ within you. That is how old you are. Let's try to be serious about Christ within us, not like children. This is verse 15. But speaking the truth in love, here's God's Spirit, the fruit of God's Spirit, may grow up into Him in all things, which is the head, even Christ. Verse 16. For whom you, the whole body, fitly joined together, compacted by that which every joint supplieth, according to effectual working, in the measure of every part, maketh increase of the body unto edifying of itself in hate. No. What does it end with? Love. What love? The love of Christ. There's no love outside of Christ. If you think the world can love each other, but Christ is not the middle point. It's lust, not love. It's sin. And it's lacquered for their flesh. But it's not always hate. When talking about this with your partner or friend or family, standing up for Christ, the just will fall seven times. When standing up for this new creation, this new image that you have been brought into, you will fall. But the verse says, you will rise up again. If not in this world, in the resurrection, you will rise with Christ. And that is your confidence. It goes on in verse 17, Ephesians 5, half 4. This I say therefore and testify in the Lord that henceforth walk not as other Gentiles walk in the vanity of their mind, talking about their condemning nature again, saying that there's brothers among you that is walking with their own faith, with their own belief, with their own system that is outside of God. Verse 18, having the understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God through the ignorance that is in them because of the blindness of their heart. Now, just want to make a quick connection. Go to any social media. Go into any conversation. Bringing up a spiritual concept, they will always say, what the heart thinks and the mind believes, you are good. As long as you have a singleness. You have that aura, whatever lingo they choose to use. But as long as your heart and your mind is on one place, if you can believe, you can do it. This is not a Nike advertisement. You can't just say, just do it, and we're fine with it. We can't. We can't just live in the vanity of our own mind. It says clearly they are darkened. They are alienated. They are, they're ignoring God, ignoring His Word. They are blind in their heart. Why? Verse 19, I believe this with my whole heart. Who being past feelings. I just want to add that. Yeah, don't go on the feelings. 
have given themselves over to lasciviousness, to work all in cleanness with greediness. They take anything that is spiritual and they flip it to an unholy result, saying, spiritual, we need money. It's spiritual, we will heal, it will go good with you. False prophets, just not having the faith. And I'm believing in healing. I'm believing that God can work miracles. But God worked the miracles, not the prophet. God is the source of everything, not the man. They're taking the focus away from God. They're blinding our hearts with nice words, holy words, lacquer words. It's not holy. It says in verse 23, And be renewed in the spirit of your mind. Wow, what spirit is that? The spirit of God. With your spirit. Saying that I'll put away the filthiness. Why? Verse 24, And put on the new man, which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. If you want to know what that means, go and read the rest of the book. Not just the chapter, the rest of the book. What does it mean? Righteousness and true holiness. I would like to end in the following two chapters. John, you can turn your pages to the book of John, talking about lacquer ain't holy. Starting verse saying clearly, clearly, the just will fall seven times. It's, it's a discomfort. Really it is. So what do we have? John 14. 14 verse 24. John 14 verse 24. It says, He that loveth me not, keepeth not my sayings. John 14 verse 24. And the word which ye hear is not mine, but the Father which sent me. So it's very important. Even Christ puts the focus on the word of the Father. That means Old Testament, New Testament, the Father is speaking. Now through Christ, and we will see now through His Spirit. Verse 26, But the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance whatsoever I have said unto you. Peace I live with you. My peace I give unto you, not as the world giveth. Not in armies, not in vaccines, to be quite honest. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. We are talking about eternal peace, not a temporary peace. Still in the book of John, John 15, verse 26. But when the Comforter is come, whom I will send unto you from the Father, even the Spirit of truth, which proceedeth from the Father, ye shall testify of me. A child of Christ will talk about Christ. That's as clear as day. He shall also bear witness, because you have been with me from the beginning. And in the same book, John, verse 7, and I'll end with verse 11. John 16, verse 7. Nevertheless, I tell you truth. And don't be like Pontius Pilate asking, what is truth? No, God is truth. That is our absolute God. It is expedient for you that I go away. For if I go not away, 
the comforter will not come unto you. It's a very specific reference to comforter, because this life being just will be uncomfortable. It won't be lacking. But if, you, if I depart, I will send him unto you. In verse 8, here's how I would love for you to memorize this question in the following. Verse 8. And he will reprove the Spirit of God, the Holy Ghost, the Comforter, and he will reprove the world of three things, of sin, of righteousness, and of judgment. If that three sections is active in your life, the Holy Spirit is walking in your life, not just upon you, identifying your sin, but even giving you the eyes of seeing the sin, seeing the judgment, seeing righteousness. So verse 9, of sin because they believe not on me. What is sin? Without faith. Romans 14. Verse 10, of righteousness. Why? Because I, Jesus Christ, go to my Father and you see me no more. We are at the right hand of God. Why? Because Christ is in us. We are in Christ. So we know what is righteousness, what is right and what is wrong. And the last of judgment, because the prince of this world is judged. Judged. Already judged. The victory is already won. Live in that confidence and that faith. Understand you have two natures. Understand you're just, you'll fall seven times. But you'll rise up again. I understand that not everything that is lacking is Let us end with a prayer. Our Father in heaven, thank you so much for bringing us together. Thank you for just working in our hearts and minds. Thank you for this new day. Lord, help us to be holy. To understand what nature is within us. To understand we are a new creation. And to live it out. And to your grace and to your kingdom. And so thank you in Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen.